Hello, and welcome to Heilman and Haver, Seattle's stage and screen experience, coming to you in podcast form from Casa de Quinn and 1111 Studios on the shores of beautiful Puget Sound. Buckle up for a very special 75th episode. I'm Matt Haver. And I'm Greg Heilman. Back in 2020, we took to the internet airwaves to interview talented local actors and directors. Today, we celebrate our 75th episode as Seattle's number one stage and screen podcast, bringing you in-depth interviews with the finest talent from L.A. to Broadway to the U.K., including Emmy Award winners and best-selling authors, unsung heroes, and industry leaders. And all while keeping our finger on the pulse of the Seattle and Pacific Northwest theater scene with in-depth reviews, cast and crew conversations, award shows, and behind-the-scenes tours. You can find it all at HeilmanandHaver.com, and while you're there, sign up for email updates so you don't miss a single episode or session. We're so glad you're here for episode 75. It's the one you're going to want to listen to more than once and definitely share with your circle of friends and followers. Today, we're pleased and honored to welcome Chris Lemon to the show. Chris is an accomplished author, television and film actor, producer, musician, star of the acclaimed one-man show Twist of Lemon, and son of beloved Oscar-winning actor Jack Lemon. With a career spanning over 40 years, Chris has starred in television series for all major networks, including Knott's Landing, Thunder in Paradise, Studio 59, Brothers Sisters, and most notably, Fox's highly acclaimed Duet. Plus over 25 feature films like Lena's Holiday, Just the Ticket, and That's Life alongside his father. Lemon graduated from California Institute of the Arts with degrees in classical piano and composition, as well as degrees in the theatrical arts, and went on to appear in numerous stage productions, including the West Coast tour of Barefoot in the Park, directed by the late Jerry Paris, the original award-winning West Coast production of Shea by Anne Comeyer, and the highly successful Love Letters with Stephanie Zimbalist. Chris presently resides in New England, where he writes and produces feature films and television, and his 2006 memoir, A Twist of Lemon, is a heartfelt tribute to his iconic father. When Jack Lemon died in 2001, the world lost a two-time Oscar winner and perhaps the most beloved actor of his generation, but Chris Lemon lost a father and a best friend. In A Twist of Lemon, Chris shares family tales, intimate father-son conversations, lots of golf stories, and anecdotes from and about his dad. Chris then took these stories and memories from the page to the stage, creating a one-man show by the same name. Well, kind of. Kind of. As we'll learn about, I hope. Sharing an intimate look into the experience of growing up in Hollywood, featuring nine of his original piano compositions, a narrative of touching and heartfelt stories, and laugh-out-loud anecdotes from his life and times of the world of Hollywood stardom. Chris joins us now from his home in Connecticut. Welcome to the show, Chris. Welcome. Here I am, in my bed in my home in Connecticut. Yeah, you look a lot more comfortable than we are. What the heck? (laughs) Well, this is what happens when you get to be 69 years old. You get to be, you know, you get to do whatever you want. And nobody can say, you can't do that, you know? So I do things like wear, wear this when I, you know, I look like my father and grumpy old men. <laughs> and we were, ta- we were talking about how that's one of our favorite films. Actually, uh, well, the first film I ever saw him in, and uh, that's just indelibly going to be Jack Lemmon in my mind, is uh, is is from that that series. Walter Walter's Matthau. I would do one of the lines that Walter... Oh, yes, if they told me I was going to be doing a nude scene, I would have asked for another million. <laughs> now, if you joined us from the bathtub, that line would have really struck. Resonated, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, as far as anybody on the on the audio side of this knows, he is in the bathtub, even though he said... That's he's true. Bathtub, you know. Uh, no, this, I usually th- don't dress like this for the bathtub. <laughs> Actually, I hate baths. I, I'm a shower guy. I, I got I got to admit to you, uh, I read most of your book in the bath. Did you? Yeah, that's my that is my go to uh, spot. Fast to read that book is. Just boom, you go right through it. 
Not a single bath, but uh, but yes, I do most of my best reading in the bath. We got to be careful <laughs> with this conversation. This could quickly end up as a Heilman and Haver after hours episode. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That would be me. <laughs> Well, we last spoke on the phone a couple weeks ago, and uh, when we did, you alluded to, you know, again, you're not just sitting around. You're turning 69 in in a month, but you're not just sitting on your laurels. Uh, You've got some new projects in the hopper. Uh, You alluded to one perhaps in print, maybe another on stage. Uh, Lots happened since the COVID shutdown. What's new with you? What have you been working on? What's on the horizon? Well, uh, uh, um, uh, nothing. I can't think of a th- damn thing. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, no, I'm not. I uh, yes, there's a you know we're it's we're still looking at at me getting out on the boards with with twist, which was the uh, play that I turned my first book into. Um, you know, I, we had an awfully good run with it, so I don't know. And it's exhausting. It's just so hard. It's such a tough play to do, just physically, you know, um, uh, and emotionally, but. Uh, um, so, uh, there's another couple of shows that I developed, one of which I'm having fun with called, uh, it was actually based on a class I taught at, uh, at, uh, uh, New Haven U and, uh, uh, it's called why is funny, funny. That's not, that wasn't the name of the class, but it was the subject of one of the, uh, uh, classes of, of the series of classes. And, uh, yeah, we had a, a ball and the kids seemed to really like it. So I thought, what the hell? Let's turn it into a, uh, you know, into a little thing, and uh, I did, and it's gotten wonderful reactions. So that's that's. I'm still deciding whether I really feel like going on the road again, um, uh, you know, because uh, um, I've got I've got some slight health issues that I'm dealing with, as you as you know, and and all of you are about to find out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the boards, it's tough. Uh, but I had got such a great time doing Twist. Uh, we had the one run that I did with my buddy directing Hugh Woolridge over in uh, London, uh, and we did it at the St. James, and it was a month and a half, and uh, which is, I mean, to be given a month and a half, six weeks in in London is just, I mean, you know, that's a gift from from on high. And we were sold out, uh, uh, you know, and and uh, got wonderful reviews and stuff. It was a wonderful experience, and it was towards the last of my performances of that show. So um, I think probably not for a twist. I probably, though I've been getting a lot of, you know, God bless you all, you know, requests and stuff. But, but maybe uh, why is funny funny? Uh, but the, the, the one, one I'm, I'm really working on now, I'm almost at the end of the first rough draft, is my second book, um, My Lemon Lungs. And so there's a good lead in and segue for you, you to take it with the hard line questioning. <laughs> well, I've got a question on your on your plays. Do you have any uh, appetite for handing that off to somebody and and letting somebody sure. else? Yeah, we've 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 talked about European rights. Uh, we think you know because it is the golden age of Hollywood and all these marvelous uh, um, uh, characters show up. For, uh, it's a, it's a one person show, but I play. 40, 50 different characters in the course of the, uh, you know, of the 90 minutes of the show. Um, and I do it as my father. So I become my father in the first like five minutes of the show and do the entire show. 
as him, but then he does uh, um, imitations of his buddies when he's, you know, raconteuring, when he's doing, telling his various stories to the audience. And anybody who doesn't remember Jack Lemmon, uh, he was a human gatling gun. This guy had an energy level of, you know, I, I don't know, 17,000. What's a speed tablet? I don't know speed. So what is it called? Benzedrine? Never mind. <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That works. It's a bad. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, yeah, um, uh, and it was it was wonderful. We had a great, you know. Here's Jack Lemmon doing, Jim, you know, Jimmy Stewart or or his or his mother, you know, his mother who was or or Walter Schmathan, you know. So, anyways, there you go. <laughs> Which is kind of got to be kind of tricky because you're not just doing one impression; you're doing the impression of somebody doing an impression. Well, it's my is, father. My yeah, father, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm doing an impression of my father doing an impression, yeah. uh, which was really fun, I got to say. Um, you know, because, you know, my father, he's this crazy guy. I mean, Jesus, would you pull yourself together, please? Because people are talking. <laughs> and so you got him, you know, doing Jimmy Cagney, you know. Oh, look at that. It's Jack Lemmon's key, Dad. Yeah. It's uh, so, it was it was fun. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sad, but it's also, you know, a state of, uh, of what we are, we, we people, um, that we forget, you know, and a lot of people forget, you know, who my father was, or Walter Matthau, or Jimmy Cagney, or get this, there was one fellow who came to the show in London, pulled me out afterwards and said, I didn't know any of these people. I was, who is this? Marilyn? Yes, Marilyn. Monroe. <laughs> wow. Who Marilyn Monroe was. Um, so <laughs> it's wow. Uh, well, it's 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 not much of a stretch because I'll be honest with you, when I when I gave you a call to get this uh show booked, I got your voicemail. And then you called you, you called me back as I was leaving a message, but you know, for a second there, it was very spooky. It sounded just like your dad on the voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 you were actually given a chance to to literally play him, um, we uh, recently, when it, just a couple episodes ago, we we chatted with uh, an author, Richard Barrios, just in a new autobiography of Marilyn Monroe. And, you know, we can't have these conversations without talking about Some Like It Hot. It's up there, you know, top, probably top three, you know, for Greg and I. AFI's rated it the funniest movie ever made. You were cast to play your dad in the 2022 Netflix drama Blonde, this kind of loose biography, yeah. if we can call it that. What 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 happened with that? I don't know. I went and did it. Uh, um, and uh, we did one terrific scene uh, for the director uh, um, of the final scene yeah. in Some Like It Hot of, of you know, Osgood and uh, Daphne. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, he chose not to use it. And, uh, and we, so we did it and nailed it. We nailed the whole entire five minute scene in one. And, uh, you know, the crew actually ended up, I've never heard the crew applaud before. It was three in the morning. They thought they were going home, you know. So, um, <laughs> but uh, now, now the uh, director and his wisdom chose not to use it. And uh, I guess it was, you know, it wasn't really intrinsic, but anyway. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. If you blink your eyes, you don't see me, but I'm, I'm in there doing Daphne. <laughs> so. Very convincingly, I might add. Thank you. We share a lot. I mean, I'm I'm four inches taller than him. I'm actually six inches taller 
but we have a deal. I can't, I can't say the real thing. It's, you know, um, he gets very, uh, so I'm four inches taller than him, but other than that, I'm, I am a, like a little clone. So it is what it is, you know, and back in, in my day when we were trying to make it, um, you know, people resented that they, 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 you know, they looked at it not as a chip off the old block. They looked at it as nepotism and, um, uh, you know, uh, consequently every actor or star father was scared to death to do anything for their kids. And all the kids are going, you know, he hates me, you know, he won't do anything for me. So it was a very strange time, um, uh, you know, the 60s, 70s, you know, early 80s and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know, you know, it's you, you sit down at the table of life, you get dealt your cards and you play them or you fold. Uh, I'm not about folding. So uh, I just kept on playing mine. And as it turns out, I've had a just a wonderful, wonderful life and a beautiful wife. 35 years we just celebrated. Congrats. We have a lovely home here in Connecticut. All of my children live with me along with their 15 dogs. And, you know, and at this point in my life, and as we will probably momentarily discuss, uh, for me, that's just wonderful. It's it's heaven. You know, and, and I am just luxuriating at this point. I'm I'm into a forced hiatus right now phys- because of physical stuff. And uh, that's why I dress like this. I still do have hair. You can see I'm having a bad hair day. But, ooh, I look a little like Eric Skarsgård there, don't I? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh man he's chewing it up on succession isn't he he, he is oh that whole that whole family's a bit spooky he is so good when he was in uh true blood you know oh what it, he's just a, they all are all the brother they're they're the whole family's talented but but spooky i, I don't know if i'd want to be in a in a back alley with any of them to be honest but um, <laughs> um, but speaking of the 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 relationship with you uh between yourself and, and your dad you talk in your book about becoming chris lemon and breaking away kind of from that jack lemonson this is this is in twist yes yeah but you never do i mean that's what i just that's the answer i just gave you right it's, you know i mean you are you you know i mean i am my father's son there's no two freaking ways about that. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's acting is what it is, but there's also intrinsic, an intrinsic side of acting. You're always going to be pulling something from somewhere in the you uh, that 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 uh, makes up the character that you're playing. Um, didn't know you were going to get an acting lesson tonight, did you? We're sponges. We, we welcome them. That's why yep. we started this whole thing. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> that might, with my disclaimer mentioned. Um, but yeah, you're always going to pull out of yourself. And, you know, like I said, the lemon doesn't fall far from the tree. And, uh, you know, I was my father's son and I always will be. And I don't resent that. Um, it caused a lot of weirdness, but weirdness is exactly that. And one thing I learned after going through what I've just gone through don't sweat the small stuff, man. You know, just don't do it. You know, uh, it, it's just, it's not worth it. Every second on on in this in this magnificent reality. See, I'm watching I'm watching PBS right now. See that? Oh wait, that's all supposed to be space. But anyway, um, uh, I've gotten really into like the whole you know YouTube. I, I meant I'm sorry, and that stuff with the you know 
What's what's on your watch list? Uh, what do you mean? What's on my watch list? There's a segue um, for for YouTube. <laughs> YouTube cable. You watching uh, Neil? You talking about reality? We're watching some oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson or Succession. This this series it, it, this it, it was genius from the you know from the very beginning, and I have not seen one rotten moment. But this season, this last. This is their ultimate. This is the end. You know, this Sunday is the last episode, and I'm I'm heartbroken. Yeah, I am literally heartbroken. This is this is a genius series, and you know, with 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 all of them, uh, they're they're so terrific, and and Skarsgård in there being the nasty guy. Yeah, the the episode, the the Logan Roy death episode. I, I've said this before. Has been one of the best episodes of anything on tv that i've ever seen it was just so well done oh come on uh, spoiler alert yeah, yeah no spoiler. spoilers there dude <laughs> edit the whole thing out i'm still working my way through barry on hbo give me a break yeah that's <laughs> no that's truly amazing man you spilled the beans on logan was only, that was what five episodes ago the, i'm past the i'm past the uh the time limit on spoilers uh, well. <laughs> the statute of limitations the statute that's right considering plastered all over youtube right now you know logan roy kicks the bucket but it's really last night's episode i don't know if you've seen it. yeah yet. yeah we did oh my god i mean you know you're sitting listening to long monologues you know with ten thousand extras in the scene you know that was had to be and you know and they pulled it off yep they pulled it off it was, I was absolutely riveted through that whole thing. Uh, I, just, I think it's far and away the best show on television right now. Uh, you know, that that's the biggie. Yeah. And then, of course, you ask me what's on the, uh, on the watch list. Guess what's coming tomorrow to us people who are, um, what is it called, uh, um, immune suppressed. So I don't get to go to theaters um, uh, or else I get sick. Uh, what's coming tomorrow in pay-per-view. Pay-per-view? Well, that's a term I haven't heard for a while. That's right. Well, you know, I mean, on, on Amazon. On, or on demand. I know that I know the only thing I know that ha- is hitting tomorrow that I'm looking forward to is uh, Wanda Sykes' new Netflix comedy special. Are you kidding me? That's the only thing I've heard of. Fill us in. Wanda Sykes is funny, yeah. How about John Wick 4? Oh, I mean, tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you tomorrow. You're only, uh, is it tomorrow? I don't know. I'm not sure. Hold you're on the East Coast. You're three hours ahead you're of us. You're three hours so ahead of you're, us. You're, you're 860. Yes, it's May 22nd. You've had some time to recuperate and uh, catch up on some of the streaming series. Since 2018, you had a little health scare. You want to fill the audience in on that? And, yeah. And, and we, you know, you, you talked in your book a lot about the respect you had for your dad uh, because, you know, it was really kind of, there was those, those, those kind of segues back and forth between, you know, you're in the hospital room with him as he's battling cancer and the resilience and the good humor he showed. And here you are in 2018 facing, what, a, a, a double lung transplant. Mm-hmm. Like, what lemon qualities kicked in at that point? <laughs> Well, there were a lot of jokes. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, you couldn't shut me up. Uh, I guess a lot of people do that when they faced, you know, when they face fear. But yes, I was a very, very, very sick. 
uh, not from smoking. I uh, don't smoke, don't drink, don't do drugs. Go figure. Um, and I get this disease called idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Anybody who has it will instantly, you'll, you'll know because they'll go like that. Um, it's incurable. It's, uh, it's one of those, I'm sorry, Mr. Lennon, you have two to five years to live. I actually got that speech, the whole nine yards. Uh, they call it idiopathic because they don't know why you get it. You just do. Um, I have my ideas. And the second book, we've been talking about the first one, Twist of Lemon. The second one is almost kind of like a sequel to the first. That's the one I'm finishing right now. And that's called My Lemon Lungs, of course. What other title am I going to use? And, uh, you know, that's a good title. It's a good title. What can I tell you? The first one that's was good stuff. Twist of Lemon. That's a pretty good title, too. You know, when I did the stage show, I took the uh away because I didn't want my play to start with the sound. Uh, so it was just twist of lemon, not a twist of lemon. Um, why did I just tell you that? I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little more behind the scenes magic. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, it's, it's actually there's a little over, right over here that's whispering things at me. So whenever I say a non sequitur, you know. Um, but yes, they. Uh, I was was out doing the show, Twist of Lemon, at the Coronado Island Film Festival, uh, celebrating the 65th anniversary of the film. And uh, the night before, um, I knew that I was sick, but I had what's called a cliff dive, which can happen with, uh, with IPF guys. Uh, and literally, it is what it, you know, it's just poof. Uh, within 10 minutes, I was gasping for air that you know it's i don't need to give you the whole story but basically i was facing my mortality and uh you know so being being a lemon we didn't want to we're at the del coronado hotel you know we didn't want to make a big ruckus so we got an uber <laughs> instead of calling an ambulance and <laughs> and then um uh googled hospitals in the area <laughs> wow and uh, then took a, a a tour of one of the more seemly parts of downtown san diego uh, until we finally arrived at one of the five best lung transplant hospitals just in, by lemon you know uh the U university of california san diego and, is there is there a chapter in your book how not to act in an emergency? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's the story. Uh, uh, it's in there, and um, uh, and they you know they said look we there's nothing we can do here. We have to send you up to the pulmonary um, thing up there in La Jolla. Uh, so. They loaded me in an, in an ambulance, uh, which was scary because they just couldn't produce enough oxygen for me to keep going. But they did, and I made it. And uh, I was there for two weeks, three weeks. Uh, after the first week, they put me on ECMO. Um, I had a, a extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. It's that's it. I mean, when you get to that stage, that's. That's all they can do aside from intubating you. Um, and, uh, um, you know, it's a two big, huge 
hoses like elephant trunks going into your heart, basically right through your skin. They don't even bother to put a Band-Aid on it. You know, it's like, you know, forget it. If, if we put the Band-Aid on, it looks just as bad. So we're not, no Band-Aids for you. Um, and uh, uh, two weeks later, I was dead, basically. As a matter of fact, I one of the doctors, uh, the surgeons became a friend of ours. And he was kind of lonely. He was going through a divorce. And so we'd invite him over to dinner a bunch after. And one night I finally turned to him. I said, Doc, how long did I have? And he was in, he's a Navy guy. So he's a real straight shooter, you know, San Diego. Um, and uh, turned to me, looked me right in the eye and without missing a beat, said one hour. Hmm. Just like that. Wow. Um, and when somebody says that to you, and you know this is and you can tell this is dead honest true uh i don't even know how to describe to you what you feel in return that yes i had one hour to go um and then he said wow we've seen blood pressure do what yours was doing so anyway the the as you can tell uh, the uh, uh, object of this story is that the lungs did walk through the door at the last minute and literally one hour before I would have dropped dead, they transplanted me and I made it through. Uh, I'm, I got the shit kicked out of me, uh, you know, pardon my language. Uh, and I will remain shit kicked, pardon my language again, for the rest of my life. But I'm here and I can breathe, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. There's a typically lemon answer to your uh, succinct question. <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it has to make you appreciate, like you said, the little things, right? Don't sweat the small stuff, man. Every every molecule, every moment, every everything, you've got to just revel in the this incredible magic that that we live in you know we, we you know we're made out of star stuff you know what a life you know and uh and here here's a piece of advice a lot of times you just take a look at these you know universe shows that i love to watch and you know you think you feel so small like you're just this little tiny speck in this infathomable you know reality like a a grain of sand on the beach. Well, you may just be a, a grain of sand on, on the beach along with all the other grains in the universe, but there wouldn't be a beach without that grain of sand. And that's where you got to come from. I, I think that's, that's the key to survival because if you don't have it here, uh, if you don't have that will, uh, you're not going to make it. Yeah, so true. Well, and something that I'm sure that you have turned to, that you and your father turned to, was music. Mm. Have you been playing the piano? Has that provided some? I can't. You know, I, I had a fall. The medications are really rough. You know, the yeah. immune depression stuff uh, and the blood pressure and all that crap. Uh, but I had a fall and, and really hurt myself badly. On top of all of this, uh, you know, I busted three uh, vertebrae fractured three vertebrae and busted five ribs. Uh, so I can't sit up at the piano. So mm. I've played in, it's been about a year or so since I played and I miss it. You know, I, 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 you know, classically trained. I, I love the piano. 
uh, I never became a classical concert pianist, uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't too lousy. I, I could, uh, I could tickle the ivories and did so really, uh, you know, in a very fulfilling way in, in the show, the last show, you know, that, that I got sick the night before the final performance at, at the 65th anniversary of, I mean, this is, a, this is a book. This is, we got a book in this folks. So that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, and I, I will get back to the piano and I will play again uh, as soon as the, the, the vertebra are what really get me as soon as heal up a little more. So, so Matt asked earlier about your, your watch list for a television, since you're such an avid music lover what's your go-to music that you like to listen to style oh, or... yeah oh yeah well this week what is my favorite song i've got to do it like weekly because it changes yeah, of course you can't have somebody what piece of music would you take to the desert island because if you ask me that then i'm gonna have to kill you with my bare hands <laughs> uh, yeah i don't we don't go there uh but no this week it's uh prokofiev uh it's the fifth symphony in b flat major and uh, which was always a big favorite of mine. And then I went off and cheated with Rachmaninoff. And <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm back to Sergei. <laughs> That's the third piano concerto, C major, uh, the third piano concerto. I'm listening to those two pieces uh, a lot. And, uh, uh, you know, because I, when I'm writing, I, I like to listen to music while I'm writing. Um, uh, the entire uh, book, A Twist of Lemon, was written to the Beethoven and and, and Brahms symphonies. And uh, this one uh, was written, as a matter of fact, even in, in the prologue, I, I, I put a little thing about him um, to uh, um, Samuel Barber, uh, he of the famous adagio for strings in mm. G minor. I don't know, I, I'm, that's a guess. And uh, yeah, and Prokofiev, Sergei Prokofiev, who was, I, I think one of the most brilliant uh, composers of the late 19th and early 20th century and way, way too unsung uh, because he liked to live in Russia. That was his his nation and he wanted to live there. And there was a lot of stuff going on. And and so he paid the price for it. Isn't it amazing how we do that? We're still doing it these days, aren't we? Um, uh, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I was gonna uh, gonna say before you said that Prokofiev to me is one of the more underrated of the Russian masters. Oh, absolutely. He he really started to uh, uh, bend and, and meld uh, tonality and atonality in a way like uh, none of the other composers, Bartok, Hindemith, and you know, like, uh, brilliant composers. Uh, you know, Prokofiev was. Was doing, and then you turn around and he's writing the classical symphony, or, or Peter and the Wolf. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's so. Uh, yeah, I've uh, he's always been one of my big, big faves. Chris, say something interesting. Nobody cares <laughs> about Sergei Prokofiev. This is a very well-rounded education we're getting. You do spend quite a bit of time in your book talking about the amount of time you and your dad spent at the piano. Uh, it was one place you guys could really kind of meet and, you know, get on the same page of music, pun intended. Did he have a favorite uh, uh, composer? Was there a piece of music that you guys turned to regularly as father and son? I'm, there's some wonderful stories in there about you guys performing for people like George Burns at their, you know, birthday parties and things. But was there something that was more intimate between you two that you like to play that maybe, uh, you know, has brought you comfort? Oh, yeah. Well, well, you know, we both were 
were huge Gershwin fans. Uh, he he adored Gershwin, boy. And we played. I I learned all of the. Um, well, I think it's called called the. It's not the Preludes. No, the uh, the Preludes. I performed those bastards. Uh, that third one. Oy, oy, oy. I screwed it up with five dancers on stage one night. Oh my God! Uh, you know, you know, no fear like the like the fear of classical piano when you screw up. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, well, the songs, all the songs. You know, I, I'll build a stairway to paradise. Uh, uh, I got rhythm, uh, crazy rhythm. Um, all of those he did uh, um, virtuosic arrangements of. And uh, I learned them all for pop. Um, and I was a terrible sight reader, which is probably the reason I didn't become a classical pianist. Uh, but uh, aside from the fact that I sucked. But uh, he, um, <laughs> uh, I, I cracked myself up. I sit here and talk to myself all day long, and I'm hysterical. Uh, but uh, yeah, we love Gershwin and the blues. The blues was our big tonic. Um, Usually, uh, you know, um, uh, eight bar blues and C, um, and we'd sit, God, we'd go for hours. Uh, and then one of the two dogs, Walter and Virgil. Uh, yes, Walter was named after him. Virgil, we don't know where the fuck that came from. It came, I don't know. Um, and uh, one of them would eventually run away, and then we'd go and I'd sit on the hood of his huge old car and He'd drive at like three miles an hour and down the you know streets of Beverly Hills, and both of us would be screaming, Virgil, <laughs> Walter. Riding on the hood of his car, based on the stories you tell about his driving skills, that now that takes some courage. He was a horrible driver, um, but uh, he was a terrific actor. But he was a horrible driver. But you know, yeah, we would be out there and every cop would drive by and go, it's lemons. It's the lemons. Just forget about it. Don't, don't <laughs> even go. Don't know. Just let him go. Let him go. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah. He would get a new sports car every three weeks um, because he would wreck them. Uh, you know, uh, like I remember one day we were supposed to go, I was pitching one of my films to, to then head of Paramount Studios, Sherry Lansing, one of the most lovely, but most powerful women, uh, not women, but people in, in show business at, at that time, maybe the most powerful uh, head of, you know, major studio. And, um, and so I'm sitting waiting in the rain and suddenly I hear the screeching of tires and, you know, peeling and, and this and that, and this bright red Ferrari, little Dino, comes screaming into the lot and hitting with the puddles are flying and the thing is this and that and it gets does a 180 up to me you know like like nicks a, a, a cement pole on the way by and the doors fly open and my father gets out and then the other door flies open and his dog Virgil or Walter I couldn't tell the difference gets jumps out and starts playing in all the puddles and this and that and I look over and say what are you doing? We're meeting with Sherry Lansing. He says, uh, I said, you brought, you brought the fucking dog. He says, well, somebody's got to cut the deal, don't they? <laughs> and he took her, he took the freaking dog. I did not make that movie at Paramount. Didn't make the movie at Paramount. Didn't happen. Nope. Nope. 
no go. Maybe just wasn't a fan of poodles, you know? Silk upholstery. Silk on the the dog was all over it. You could see Sherry doing, the, you know, the very polite you. This didn't make the film at Paramount. Get these lemons out of here. <laughs> so that's 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 what I had to deal with my entire childhood with and God did I love him. I had so much fun with him. He was the funnest son of a bitch. We would, you know, and I'm I'm not exactly unperky myself. Um, uh, we would just have a ball where we really had great fun was when we went fishing together. We did it for 23 years or something up in Alaska. Um, and I can't, we don't have enough time for me to tell you those stories. Uh, but uh, read the book. It's in the book. Yeah, read the book. Well, the other thing along with fishing was obviously golf. Now, with that injury, I assume you haven't made it back out of the links, but uh, you've been watching the tour. You've been doing any putting, anything like that. Some wonderful. I mean, it's either piano stories or golf stories in the book, which are, you know, two of my favorite things. So I was enthralled in the bath. There it is. There's the grip. Interlock, really, not an overlap. Took you for an overlap guy, to be honest with you. Oh, actually, no, I do overlap. But, you know, when I'm doing it up in the air with no club, it it just turns in instinctively into an interlock. Um, but uh, do you have emeritus status at Pebble Beach at this point? Can you just kind of show up at the pro-am? No. Yes. <laughs> Amero what? It's no, they don't, they don't do emeritus <laughs> at Pebble Beach. It's like, who is that? It's Levin. Oh, good. Yeah, that's. Just for the shrimp cocktail. No, there's no emeritus. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) So you mentioned Walter a few times and and the dog Walter and and the person Walter, because you really can not sometimes separate Lemon and Mathau, the wonderful films they made together. They made eight films together and were genuine friends off screen. I know you personally have collaborated with Walter's son, Charlie, on film projects, and and you've appeared together on Gilbert Gottfried's uh, podcast. As children of celebrities, do you have a certain bond with each other, with shared experiences? Charlie who? (laughs) Some guy named Charlie McCarthy? Uh, I adore adore Charlie. He's like (laughs) my brother. Uh, Yeah, we've got... Uh, there's there's hundreds of memories and and his older brother David too. I went to school with David uh, at Verde Valley School in Sedona, Arizona. Yes, I could tell you very many funny stories about that. But Walter was uh, was my father's best friend, uh, uh, and, and bar this was you know bar none. Uh, there was no question about it. Um, the greatest. The, the the most informative story I could tell you uh, about their relationship uh, wasn't a, a verbal one. It was one night, my wife, uh, Gina, my dear bride, her mother and father were out from Connecticut. She lives, that's why I'm in Connecticut. Um, she turned me on to it. And uh, uh, they came out to visit us in Los Angeles. And and of course, they got together with Pop and, and Walter, and they went out and the four of them um uh, they were great you know they were uh walter and pop and very generous with their time um and uh and uh, they took uh, pat and dan out and afterwards walter took everybody back to his house and dan tells told uh the story uh uh that my father walks out and turns to walter to say good night 
And little five eight, my father, he he'd say five ten. Just no. <laughs> yeah, five eight, five eight. Uh, and Walter at six four. And Walter just stood over, and they were chest to chest. Walter just perpendicularly bent his head over and kissed my father on the top of his head. And if if you if you guys who know who Walter Bathow and Jack Lemon were can picture that. Uh, and it was just genuine love, you know. Uh, um, it, it, Dan said, you know, he got teary-eyed. It was so cute that he almost, he got teared up a little bit. And he came, they came home and told us that story. For me, I don't know. For me, it's such a visual of Walter going. Well, he, yeah, he was such a, a physical actor. I think it was what made them so funny together is just that juxtaposition. I can certainly see it in my mind. It, I mean, it's, you know, Abbott and Costello, Mutt and Jeff. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, uh, uh, um, and back and back, it, it goes, uh, for God's sakes, Laurel and Hardy. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Buddy, quiet. Buddy. I, I, I had to search really hard and go through some back alleys to find a copy of Buddy, Buddy. But uh, you want to talk about it. <laughs> it's just a, a funny movie. Everybody needs to go out and find that. Spend the money. It's not streaming. It's a great story. Um, uh, Walter is doing a stunt. Billy's directing, of course. Uh, yeah. Walter and Pop, and and Walter does this stunt where they, if you remember the movie, they got to come out of a laundry chute. They shoot down a laundry chute, and yep. we had rigged up that where you know the laundry chute would come out, and I guess it was a safety thing or whatever. But and he, uh, uh, the actors would land on a, a elevated platform with this and all the stuff you could possibly well despite that walter comes out of the chute hits the platform rolls right off of it takes a 10 foot leap and these guys weren't young and and uh and and hits the floor out cold oh, everybody freaks freaks out my father sprints to his side rips off of his coat folds it up and, and gently slides it under his Head and this Walter's eyes start to flutter open. My father asks him, Walt, Walter, are you comfortable? Walter looks up at him and says, I make a living. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. that's there it is. Man, quick, quick, even then. Oh boy. Oh yeah. 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 And, and unconscious and still funny. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who'd have thunk? <laughs> But they were, you know, it was a different era. It was a different time. Um, you know, nothing against the era now. There's all sorts of fun stuff happening now, too. It's different. Um, uh, that was was Camelot, man. I mean, back then, you know, that was that was Camelot. And and unfortunately, sometime in the mid-80s, everybody just sort of lost their innocence. Um, maybe it was because all of you know, plug and play world. Everything was available instantly all the time. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that either. I'm, I'm a big computer file, but uh, you know things change, and uh, and we don't live in Camelot anymore. But uh, there was a time. There was a time, and if if you want to visit it, go back and watch the movies. That's the beauty of it. We'll always have the celluloid. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Jack was your father, but he was also this this friend to millions of people. He had that everyman appeal. 
Um, he reminds me a lot of my grandfather. And so you, you, you kind of feel like you get to know these people through the screen, through the characters that they play, uh, certainly through your book, um, just really touching uh, stories in your book. If you could pick a role that, that really captured him best as a human being, uh, is there one that stands out to you that, that really just showed who he was as a man? It's a good question. Um, uh, yes, he, he was an every man. And, and that's because that's what he was. Uh, he, he really genuinely did care about uh, uh, everyone, uh, you know, and you didn't make any difference if you were a producer and could further his career or if you were a, you know, the craft services guy. But nothing against craft services guys, you know, because without them, we don't get snacks. And, you know, I especially like, OK, I won't go there. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's, it, he, he loved everybody and that came through in every performance he ever gave. And it came through, you know, honestly, uh, from him as a person, um, I know as complicated as our relationship was because of the whole Hollywood's, you know, son of, uh, stars, kid, Jack Lemon's son, no identity, Chris Lemon, all that stuff, which is. It's very difficult to deal with, uh, but it's not as difficult as getting your lungs transplanted. So don't sweat the small stuff and don't don't not forgive people. That's I really, truly believe that I really do. Uh, you know, you you got to forgive because we're all assholes, you know, and, and there's so much to forgive. So if you do, then you can cut through all of that bullshit yep. and maybe have a wonderful relationship. That's what ended up happening with Pop and, and me, uh, and uh, uh, Pop and I, Pop and me. Hmm. I'm a writer, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So there you go. That's it. So as as the mantle carrier of the Lemon Legacy at this point, what would you like that legacy to be for for people to look back on your father and yourself um, overall as, as kind of a lemon conglomerate you know and i say it in the book uh that we were good guys that's the most important to me um uh that we you know we really tried to make the world as good a place for other people as we tried to make it for ourselves um and vice versa uh you know that we cared and uh uh you know that we cared about other people because i don't think people do enough these days they really don't um i see it a lot in society these days where people just don't care you know and you know uh, i won't give any particulars on how uh and i don't know that i'm particularly right uh, but i sure feel that way uh and uh if you don't care well, then what's the purpose uh you know how can you enjoy every nanosecond how can we just you know we live in a beautiful place here in connecticut and uh mother and father fox had three little pups um and they decided to have them just right out in our backyard and uh i can't tell you i mean you know they, they only were there for a couple of weeks until they moved on and made their own little burrows and stuff they might still be there i don't know uh but god they were cute and uh, I'll send you footage if you want. All of you. Love to see it. All of you viewers, just send me your email. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the cryon rolls across the bottom of the screen. Um, and uh, it's just, 
I looked out the window. I'm right here. You know, I'm sitting in my bedroom right now. And I look out the window and um, you know, there they are. There's like the mother and the father and the three babies frisking about. And, you know, come on. This is this is magic. You know, mm-hmm. this this place is magic. You it fucking better enjoy it. You better. Because if you waste it, then bad on you. Mm-hmm. I'm living in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, we get that that opportunity every day. This that sense of wonder. You, you you can hold on to that, man. You stay young forever. Right. The Northeast and the Northwest, I think, in two totally opposite ways, are very similar. Um, yeah. They have that uh, that ability. You know, you live in nature. Um, you don't live in a city and go to nature. Uh, and that's uh, or at least where I live up in in you know we're up upstate Connecticut. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's magical. It's magical stuff. Well, one of our favorite things, and I think something that is, you know, again, we talk about culture lacking is just people sitting around having a conversation, enjoying each other's company, cracking some jokes, telling some stories. And, uh, so this has just been a lot of fun. We, we really appreciate, we really appreciate the time, you know, as, as huge fans of your dad and, uh, and just lovers of, of the stories that you've told through your book and your show. Uh, it's a real treat. And, uh, before we go, we want to keep up on you know your book. We want to keep up on your projects. Is there uh, there going to be updates on your website, things like that coming up? Uh, I know our audience is going to be interested. I'm being lazy about that stuff right now because yeah, I'm too busy healing up, and you know, I really, I, I really, you know, got hit by a truck, and so it's it's taken me a couple of years, uh, which is what the whole story is about. It's it's crazy. I'm actually writing stuff I, I still haven't lived yet. You know, I mean, this whole book is a memoir. It's got to be written in retrospective. And before I can write retrospective, I got to live it. So, uh, yeah, uh, but that, that's, you'll, you'll hear about it. You'll hear about it when it happens. Well, I'm sure we will. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'd love to have you back. We're looking forward to it. And uh, But most important thing, you know, heal up, rest up. Well, this was a lovely uh, interview. Thank you, guys. I appreciate being with you. More than mutual. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for the time, and uh, we will we will certainly stay in touch. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Have a great one. Uh, you, you too. too. You too. Appreciate it. All right. God bless. Well, thank you again to our guest, Chris Lemon. We'll be sure to have Chris back when his new book lands, and you can watch Twist of Lemon in its entirety on YouTube and linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed episode 75, please make sure to follow us and share the podcast with a friend. You can find all the latest on HeilmanandHaver.com, plus all our past episodes, 74 of them, stage reviews and popular segments like Get to Know a Theater and In the Mix, and behind-the-scenes artist interviews. Thank you for, well, getting us to episode 75 and for supporting local theater. And, of course, for joining us right here on Heilman and Haver.